last time you watched the night visions. We're not talking about the night, the late show or the late, late show or even the later than that show. <clears throat> How many want to have night visions? How many want to be able to see them? Lift your hands up high. Father, right now we just pray an opening of their eyes to see. Father, your word says that when the spirit is poured out, young men will uh, see visions and old men will dream dreams and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And that's the fulfillment of your Holy Spirit. And so we believe that it's not just for the prophets of old, but we believe it's for every believer, every saint. There's no hierarchy in the kingdom. We receive it now in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. <clears throat> so there Daniel was watching in the night visions and behold... One like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the ancients of days, and, and they <clears throat> brought him near before him. Uh, they being everybody else that was in the vision. <laughs> the angelic host brought G, the, son, the Son of Man, which, who is Jesus, uh, before him, the ancient of days. Uh, New Testament terminology, we call him the Father. Um, Then to him, Jesus was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away in his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. Jesus used the term kingdom throughout his teaching as the comprehensive term for everything that he taught on. It's just like that was, he'd constantly refer to the kingdom of God as like unto this or like unto that. And it's kind of like the big picture of everything he did. It's, it's really all about uh, heaven on earth. Uh, when, in, the, uh, in the New Testament, particularly when the idea or the term kingdom is used, it's about the kingdom of heaven or the way it's like in heaven coming and being revealed or being fulfilled here on earth. And... Um, what I've been leading up to and getting to last week especially is not only some aspects about the kingdom, but how do we respond to the kingdom. And the word respond is a little weak. I think it's more like what is the reaction of encountering the kingdom or what are the demands of the kingdom of God. And last week we discussed the demand or the requirement of repentance and kind of went into what that means and what that meant. And if you didn't hear it, you can download it on the internet or stream it because we're cool. <clears throat> Turn to Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. This is the verse for today. I heard, uh, I listen to so many things now, I don't even know where I get stuff from. <laughs> I heard someone say in the last couple of weeks that God loves need. God loves need because it drives us to seek Him. How many of us like need? Yeah. I don't like being in need of something. It's okay to want things. We want this, we want that. We've got a whole list of wants. But when it comes to a need... And they ever go to prayer, it's like, God, I need this. It's like, don't you understand? I need it. You know, and God's going, I understand, all right? Don't you understand? (laughs) Parents, have you ever had a kid? Don't you understand? (laughs) You just want to smack them. (laughs) 
But God, you know, in a loving way. <laughs> no, I don't understand what it's like to be a teenager. I mean, uh, but God loves need. And that, that just struck me. It hit me. And like, I hate need. But God loves need because need drives me. If it wasn't for need, without need, I, I pictured, I just thought on this for a minute, what would the world be like if nobody had need of anything? Well, we all, we'd be all spoiled, rotten brats. Okay? Everyone would be content and settle for less. It's need that drives you to seek. Uh, and, 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 and motivates you to get out of your comfort zone. Uh, and he, and there will always be need in the world. There will always be need in your life. Because the purpose of that need is to compel you to seek him because he is the provider that you really need. All right? You think you need this, but you really need him. And so there's always going to be need because you need to be compelled to seek Him. Because that's what He's going after. He's concerned, God is concerned about your eternal condition and not just your temporary satisfaction of your desires. Amen? Okay. King, Jesus says in Matthew 6.33, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be uh, added to you. And another verse in John chapter 3, verse 3 and 5, there's two different word, three different words that we're going to talk about. First is seek, seek first <clears throat> the kingdom of God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Nicodemus, this is in John chapter 3, verse 3, uh, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born again? How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And so Nicodemus, who was a scholar, was a ruler of the Jewish people, I mean, he was just thinking completely in natural terms. And Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot, cannot enter, enter the kingdom of, of God. So in these two verses, the verse in Matthew 6, uh, the two portions of Scripture, Matthew 6.33 and John 3, 3-5, there are three different verbs or action words that describe our response to the kingdom of God. Seek first is the one in Matthew. See and enter are both used in John. And most often when we look at that passage in John, you're all probably familiar with it, is that the emphasis is on being born again. And clearly that's the emphasis Jesus is making. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God uh, or enter into it. <clears throat> and basically, I'm not going to talk about being born again much this morning because that's what I talked about last week. All right? Born again is just a picture uh, of repentance. And so we want to move from that to something else. And we'll talk a little bit more about why. But let's look at this word or this idea that we find in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, where Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. It literally and or figuratively <laughs> means to seek. <laughs> that was a hard one, wasn't it? All right? 
It's actually a, a Hebrewism. In other words, it's a Hebrew way uh, they would use this worm, uh, word to, uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> to mean worship. It's, it, it's, it's actually um, specifically to worship. And so to, in the Hebrew mind or language, the idea of seeking, looking for, and worshiping were practically synonymous. Were used, uh, one was used as a picture of the other. All right? <clears throat> it means to go about to desire. Everybody say desire. Desire first the kingdom of God. Endeavor. Inquire. Require. Require first. Jesus says, the kingdom of God. It means, it implies the idea to search for something that's hidden. All right? This is a real important aspect of understanding what Jesus is trying to communicate is that we are to seek, and this word seek implies that it's not obvious. It's somewhat hidden or um, cloaked, I guess you could say. Another research, uh, resource uh, uh, describes it this way or uses these other words to describe this Hebrew word or the Greek word, I'm sorry, for seek. It says uh, uh, deliberating, demanding. How about that? Demanding for demanding first the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> That's interesting. Inquire, looking, um, <clears throat> seek after, striving, striving for the kingdom first. To keep trying to obtain. First, you keep trying to obtain the kingdom and His righteousness. And then all these other things. And when Jesus talks about all the other things, He's talking about food and clothing and all the things you need to get by in life. But the priority must be the kingdom. And what are we to do with the kingdom? We're to seek it. We're to look for it. We're to demand it. We're to require it. All right? And there needs to be that motivation on the inside. It's not like, oh, well, if it happens to show up, I'll, I'll take a part of it. No, you look, you look for it intently. And in fact, the idea here first, the, the Greek word is actually proton. I don't know if it's any relation to the, the chemical or the scientific term proton, but it means before or at the beginning. Uh, uh, the best word means chiefly. In other words, in rank or influence, um, your seeking for the kingdom should be of the greatest influence in your life. All right? Your prioritizing the search or the demand or the inquiring of, the craving for, the desire for, the seeking out for should be first. All right, should should be above every other thing. <clears throat> Let me read it from a few different translations. The New Living Translation says, "Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and He'll give you everything you need." <laughs> it's pretty simple. Everything you need. All you got to do is seek first the kingdom of God. Um, new, the New uh, uh, International Reader's Version uh, it says, "But put." God's kingdom first. Do what He wants you to do. Then all those things will be given to you. Another translation says, instead, be concerned above everything else with the kingdom of God and what He requires of you. Be concerned above everything else. Well, listen, 
what is the else in your life? All right, the, the other thing in your life is different than the other thing in my life and the person sitting next to you. All right, but listen, there's other things that compete for your attention. And in this world, I am overwhelmed by the, the, the volume of the other things. All right? The, the, the volume is so high for, the, uh, for our attention, whether it be billboards or TV or Internet or this or that. They're screaming. I mean, the world has perfected the art of getting people's attention. All right? And so there's constant manipulation of your soul, if you will, of your mind, of your eyes and your ears to catch you, to pull you towards something. And it just keeps notching up and notching up. And I watched a Western just the other night. I was watching it. And I was like, man, that'd be so cool. They just rode horses and, you know, no cell phones, no Internet, no TV. You know, I don't know. I, the simple life. There's such a demand. And we have to. You are required by God to prioritize the seeking after God's kingdom above all that other stuff. You know, there's, there's no way I can tell whether you're doing that. And unfortunately, a lot of times we can't tell. you got to find out from God. <clears throat> Another translation says, let your first care be for His kingdom. Is that what you care for most? Or do you care for your, yourself or your car? your house, your family, your job. What do you care for most? Jesus says the kingdom. <clears throat> Jesus answered Nicodemus said, Most surely, unless you, uh, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, How can a man be born when he's old? How can he enter in his, woman's second, uh, his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most surely, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So there's two words. You cannot see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. Now, there's something that's kind of interesting here. I talked about repentance last week. And, 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 and being born again is the image of repentance. It's coming into a new life. And Jesus said, you can't even see the things of the kingdom until you're born again. All right? They don't get it. Until you're born again, you don't get it. You don't even see it. It doesn't exist. All right, and, and sometimes we, we forget this and that we think that, boy, if people could see the kingdom, they'll get born again. But Jesus says you can't even see the kingdom until you're born again. And so the relationship between being born again and seeing or understanding, we're going to talk about what that means in just a second here, is often confused. I want to speak into that. Uh, see here, <clears throat> the word see from one resource, the commentator says, is evident for enjoying. Okay? In other words, evidently it means enjoying. Everybody say enjoying. All right? You cannot enjoy. What does that mean? You cannot participate. You cannot... Uh, I like how this commentator puts it. He says, he or she cannot be fitted for it and partake of it. Fitted for it and partake of it unless they've repented. Unless they've come in to the kingdom, unless they're born again, either in this world or that which is to come, that is heaven. Meaning, 
The kingdom which Jesus was about to set up was so pure and holy that it was indispensable that every person should experience this change or he or she could not partake of its blessings. This is solemnly declared by the Son of God by an affirmation equivalent to an oath. In other words, Jesus was like making an oath. Until you get transformed, until you have this born-again repentance experience, you can't participate, you can't partake in the kingdom. You can't enjoy it. You can't be fitted for it. It just doesn't fit. He says, and there, there can be no possibility, therefore, of entering heaven without experiencing the change with the Savior contemplated by the new birth. You jump down. Another commentator says, uh, <clears throat> the Jews had some general notion of this idea of new birth. But, listen, like many among Christians, they put, they put the act of proselytism the proselytism is just what we call evangelism, agreeing to some facts. They put the acts of proselytism, baptism, etc., in the place of the Holy Spirit and His influence. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's right. You think, boy, if we can just get people to do the right things, they'll be, they'll be set for the kingdom. He's like, no, you, got, you have to encounter, you have to be born of water and the Spirit. And if you're not, you don't even see the kingdom. You can't enter into the kingdom unless you have a spiritual experience. All right? They acknowledge that a man must be born again, but they made that birth to, be, to, conce- to consist in profession, confession, and external washing. Listen, heaven is a place of holiness, and nothing but what is like itself can enter into it. <laughs> Here's his last, last commentary I'm going to read. The indispensable necessity. The indispensable necessity. How's that for a lot of syllables? Of this, except a man uh, or anyone that partakes of the human nature and consequently of its corruption be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The kingdom of the Messiah begun in grace and perfected in glory. Except we be born from above, we cannot see this. What does that mean? First, we cannot understand the nature of it. You can't get it. Such as the nature of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. The soul must be remodeled and molded. The natural man must become a spiritual man before he or she is capable of receiving and understanding it. And secondly, it means we cannot receive the comfort of it. We cannot expect any benefit by Christ and His gospel, nor have any part or lot in the matter. Regeneration is absolutely necessary to our happiness here and in the hereafter. Considering what we are, regeneration is absolutely necessary to our here happiness. Oh, I skipped line. Considering what we are by nature, how corrupt and sinful, what God is, in whom alone we can be happy. Everybody say happy. We're talking, we want, I want you to be happy. God wants you to be happy, but there's a way to be happy. Okay? And what heaven is, to which the perfection of our happiness is reserved, the perfection of our happiness is reserved, it will appear in the nature of a thing that we must be born again because it's impossible ah, that we should be happy if we be not holy. It's impossible. The level of our happiness is directly connected to the level of our holiness. All right. 
and our wholeness. Because in he- heaven is holy. All right? And we have to come in in order to partake of the things, in order to see of the things of the kingdom, we need to be transformed. We need to become no longer carnal, but spiritual. Well, and there's another resource that says it's simply, uh, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This simply means you cannot participate in it. This is a, this, I want to get to this, the point of it here. So I think sometimes too much emphasis has been put on the idea of being born again without an understanding that being born again is unto seeing and entering. Okay? In other words, <clears throat> um, if, <laughs> you know, pe- people are, are led to the born again experience and then the baby's thrown out with the bathwater. According to Jesus' terms, you cannot see the kingdom of God and you cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you're born again. So getting born again is the starting place. It's not the destination. All right? Which means that once you're born again, you're at the beginning of the journey, not the end of the journey. All right? And that there's a whole kingdom that then should open up before your eyes and be unveiled so that you can enter into it. All right? The point of being born again, the point of repentance, the point of getting right with God is so that you can see this kingdom and that you can fit in it and that you can participate and be a participant of it. From now, not some point in the future, but now. You're born again, you begin to see. You begin to walk into it. You begin to enter in. I think that uh, so often we, uh, we lose track and we don't understand that Once we're born again, the, the, the command to seek the kingdom of God doesn't end. It really enables us to begin the process of seeing it. If you can't see the kingdom of God until you're born again, once you're born again, you can see the kingdom of God. All the more then you have to seek. All right? You have to seek. And this is this idea I've, I've had, I've struggled with how can I communicate it, is that here the kingdom of God is, we respond initially with the repentance, but then what? It requires you to seek it. You are required to prioritize seeing the kingdom and entering into the kingdom uh, of God in your life, making that your chief aim. Now that you've been born again, you are capable, you are enabled, all of the requirements of entering in have been met. How are you doing? Are you entering in? Are you seeing it? All right? And, and without sounding completely whacked here, <clears throat> or maybe despite sounding completely like the best way I can describe this is is almost like uh, in a science fiction uh, or um, uh, 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 cosmological terminology in that there's like a parallel universe. You know, the best scientists believe that there are multiple universes. You know, they just can't decide how many. 
<laughs> you know, and so this is not out of the realm of science, but that there's a, another there's another plane of existence, all right, that exists concurrently with our our universe. And God, that's what God's been saying all along, and it's called the kingdom of heaven. All right, but we can't see it, and there's there's it's populated with angels and seraphim and seraphim and all kinds of creatures if you read the book all right but we can't see it you know why do you know why we can't see the things of the spirit because we're dead and it's alive and we have to become alive but once we're alive we we're, we see through a glass dimly it says in the new testament so we need to be trained on how to see how to how to look for. Uh, it's more than mere principles and ideas. Okay, it's not just ideas. It's not just getting all the stuff right. That's what Nicodemus was trying to do. He was trying to understand it in his natural mind. But Jesus says, no, it's something you see. You know what? When I, when I look up the stars, I don't understand them. I have a vague idea of what they might be by, from the books I've read. But I don't think anybody really knows. And I've, I've read some rather advanced books and the really advanced people say, we don't really know what's going on out there. I'm serious. Stephen Hawking's and, you know, some of the others are like, ultimately, we, we, we don't have a clue. <laughs> you know? Uh, and so we can see something and not understand it, but know what's there. Are you hearing me? Okay, and that's what the kingdom is like. Jesus says, it's not just mere, I mean, principles and ideas and truths are important. You need to learn the truths. It's line upon line. Uh, precept upon precept that gets you to the place where you can begin to see some structure and see some stuff. But God wants you to see the kingdom of God. It exists here and now. We're just kind of like out of phase with it, but we can learn how to see into the spirit. Are you actively participating in it? Can you be born again and not see the kingdom of heaven? Can you be born again and see the kingdom of heaven and still not enter it. I believe many Christians, if not most Christians, are just lying there on the delivery table. But we were born unto. We were born in order that we could see the things of God and enter into them and be participants. Where His will is done, where righteousness dwells without the impurity of sin, this is the kingdom, where wholeness dwells without the pain of sickness or disability, where understanding dwells without the confusion of deceit or darkness, that's what we're supposed to be able to see. We're supposed to be able to hear it. We're supposed to be able to enter into it. That's what we're to seek after. That's what our eyes are to be opened unto. Would you close your eyes? We're going to pray right now. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 1, he says, I pray uh, for you. Listen, I'm praying for you right now. Receive it. That the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of His calling. What are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? What is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the working of His mighty power. Stay in prayer. Three things. Three practical steps to see. Stop, look, and listen. 
Alright? Stop what you're doing. Look into the Spirit. Father, I pray right now that, you're, that You would open eyes, that we'd begin to see on the spiritual level, that we would acknowledge the natural, that we would learn how not to confuse the natural with the spiritual, and be able to see into that holy kingdom. Father, that we would be fitted for it, that we would be more comfortable seeing and operating in, this, in the kingdom realm than we are in the, in the worldly realm. Father, I command ears to be opened to hear in the Spirit, to hear what you, Your Spirit is saying, so that we can be those trees of righteousness that you're, You've called us to be. In Jesus' name. Everyone say, Amen! Alright, we have some announcements. Sarah going to come up. Give her a hand. Thank you. I can now see the announcements. Yeah. <laughs> How's everyone today? Good. Alright, I'd like to welcome you to New Day Community Church. For those who are new today, who have uh, come for the first time, uh, we'd like to give you a gift for coming. So if you could fill out this connection card and bring it to the connection counter in the back, we would love to bless you with a gift for coming. We do have a couple of announcements. Um, one is the Christmas party is coming up on December 12th. It is quickly approaching. It's amazing. Um, if you have not signed up yet and would like to come, you have to come by invitation, like if you've signed up. So there on the connection counter are the forms that you can fill out, and you'll be all set to go. And um, also, if you'd like to do anything for the talent show, today is the last day to sign up for both the Christmas party and the talent show. So if you haven't done that already, please do so. And then also the coat swap. Hasn't the coat swap been a blessing? It's been really good, yeah? Um, on the back table uh, are the leftovers. Please take home the ones that you brought that have not been taken. Or if you know of someone who needs something, take it for them. You know, these are just um, for free. But if we would like to see them gone this week, so if, if any are left over, we're actually going to donate them. So get your coats this week and bring them on home, all right? Also, Lori Roy has an announcement. Come on up. We love Lori. I think everybody knows that this is the year of giving. <laughs> and when Cameron first brought this idea up, you know, he said, think about and pray about who you would like to give a gift to. And I did. And I kept going back to the same person. And then I had a dilemma because this person happened to be a child and is never in here, is always in there. And if I give that child a gift, then what happens to the other children? And so I got to thinking, well, how can I give this gift to this child? And it's like, well, what about the other children? Let's give gifts to children. So then I came up with this crazy idea that all of our children, all the way through Rush Group, should be blessed by God with a gift for Christmas. So you can participate with that and there will be a sign up I'll, I'll have it all set up next week but if this really burns in your heart and says oh i want to give a gift to this child you can seek me today and i can give you everything you need for that but i will have a sign up and you just put your name on next to the child's picture and then there will be a card that also has the child's picture on it you buy the gift you put the picture on the back so i know who it goes to and so i know that every child is getting a gift and you bring it to the church, and it has to be here by December 6th. That way we can pass them out at the Christmas dinner, 
And if there's not children here or if you miss the Christmas dinner or whatever, we'll give them to the parents following on the following Sundays. So the idea is well, we don't want one child getting a bike and another child getting a whoopee cushion from the dollar store. So we're going to put a limit on it, $15 maximum, but that does not mean you have to spend $15 on a child. I'd rather see two children blessed with a $7 item than one child with 15 and one child not blessed. And the other thing is Cameron was kind of wary about this. He says, well, I don't want children knowing that their name's not picked right away. So we're only going to have two weeks of sign-ups, and we do want every adult to pick a child. It's not like the Yoders have six kids, so they have to pick six kids. No, every adult gets to participate, and if for some reason you can't participate, you're on a fixed income or whatever, as you can see, I've bought four gifts. So there are people who will bless more than one child. There are people who can't bless any children. But in the end, I believe our church will bless every single child. So um, that's it, I think. Thank you, Lori. That'll be fun. And Diane Lindauer has an announcement. Come on up, Diane. Also, the Browers are back from their three-month journey. We're happy to see them home. I am happy to see them home, and they happen to be my parents. I miss them greatly. And uh, they were in Redding, California, and they're going to be giving a testimony next week, so you can look for that. I just want to extend an invitation to all of you people who love to sing, who likes to sing. Singers, yay. Okay. Um, and I I want to do an act for the talent show, and I want us all to sing that whoever wants to sing. So um, see me afterwards. We're going to sign up. I've got some music I'll give you. It's really going to be fun. So, Awesome. Talent show. Get your things ready to go. It's going to be great. All right. We can go ahead and get ready to take the offering if the ushers want to come on forward. And if you'll join with me in prayer. Thank you, God, for your kingdom, Lord. We thank you so much for uh, your goodness that spreads around. And I just pray, Father, that your kingdom would come in our lives. We welcome your kingdom. And I pray that we would all have a greater understanding of your kingdom, Lord. And uh, we just bless today. We bless this offering and every family here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Graham, come on up. He has an announcement, a testimony, if you will. All right. Well, this is an exciting announcement because this Saturday our team leaves for Japan. So, I mean, it's amazing. It's 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 here. The moment has arrived, and um, this will be the fourth year in a row that we've gone to visit Japan and that we've taken a team from New Day, and um, we go to bless Dennis and Kaku Sager. And Dennis was part of this church many many years ago. He's been living and ministering in Japan for almost 20 years. He started off teaching English. Now he pastors a church that's growing and doing really well. And every year we go over and we really bless and encourage um, Dennis and his family and his church. This year we're actually going to have the opportunity to go to more than one church. We're going to go to some local churches and different areas. And so we're really excited about the new opportunities that this trip has. And uh, this, this slideshow just gives you... Just some basic ideas. Look at all those people. Isn't that great? So fun. So, so yeah, and there's some prayer points. Um, just that we would really be able to, to make an impact. And we really want to bless their church. We don't want to come as a burden. We really want to come and serve them and to really encourage them. 
And um, we're going to be doing a lot of prayer walking, a lot of interceding and praying for the nation of Japan and also for the region that Dennis lives in very specifically. We go to a lot of um, Buddhist temples, Shinto shrines, and we worship Jesus there. And we um, really proclaim um, the true and living God. So it's it's really an incredible trip. So, um, So we leave this Saturday for 10 days. Please pray for us as we go. We really value your prayers, and um, you'll see us in a few weeks. So Cameron's going to come up and pray for the for the trip and for the team. Yeah, if you just join with me, we want to uh, bless and uh, um, uh, just send out the team. And so if you join with me, maybe stretch out your hand if you feel comfortable doing that. And this is not only for Graham, but the whole team. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to travel to literally to the other side, to the ends of the earth, to this nation that is less than 1% Christian but is so hungry. And, Lord, that we could come and just by being Christians in that nation, we bring the kingdom to Japan. And we invade uh, places where the gospel has never been preached and where worship has never been heard. And we just go and just we just be who we are. And, Lord, we just pray blessing on the whole uh, trip, that there be safety and health, but also fruitfulness in Jesus' name. So we just send this team to extend your kingdom in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. Excuse me. Um, yes. I'm actually going to hijack the year of giving today. Hijack the year of giving. Uh, do you remember that one Sunday that I thought the gift was for Tori? And it was actually for me. And for three weeks, I thought it was for Tori. <laughs> I get to get you back today. And I've been really looking forward to this. money for new windows for your whole house. windows these are sampling windows 21 windows we had someone secretly go out and measure them we have estimates we have we have gathered them together 
I'm tying it into my sermon. You see the kingdom of God. So your whole house will have new windows. Thank you. Yeah. I'm dumbfounded. It's your birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy well, now I feel Happy awkward. Birthday. I know, I had to do it at the end. Happy birthday, birthday to you. Cameron and Kathy. And Kathy is in two days. Happy birthday to you. You can have a window. Did you know about that? Good job, everybody. Good job. Thank you for everyone who contributed to this. We love you. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I feel very affirmed. So you can now oh, you can now have the mic back. You, you survive. So what do we do with the other gifts? We just we hold them. We'll save it. All right. Thank you. Hey, we do have something. We have prophetic ministry on this side and prayer ministry on this side. And uh, thank you very much. That I, I don't know. I, I hope I don't know how to respond. So I'm not going to, but uh, wow, that's huge. That's huge. I have a lot of windows, and they're all they're all really old. And uh, yeah, yeah, whatever the salesman walked through the house, man, they knock on our door. I was like, hey, they look like the original windows. <laughs> on a breeze, I can actually feel the wind. <laughs> so this will help uh, tremendously. So thank you very much. Wonderful. Wow, that's great. Well, stand up. And bless one another. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Don't forget about the intersection time for donuts and muffins and stuff. Amen.